Welcome back to the Heal Your Hormones podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle. And today I am joined by Cheryl Woodman, who is a scientist, award-winning skincare formulator, acne expert, and creator of Honesty for Your Skin, a safe space where you can find science-based skin help. And it's here where Cheryl also runs her online acne clinic, helping women who've tried everything under the sun and feel stuck at rock bottom, refine healthy, happy, clear skin they feel comfortable and confident in. She's been featured as an expert by Yahoo Style, Birdie, and the Huffington Post. Cheryl wholeheartedly believes if you understand the underlying biology changes of what's causing your skin to become acne prone, you'll be empowered to take back control of your skin health and to get clear without the need for acne meds. So I'm really excited to share this episode with you. Obviously, Cheryl and I are very much on the same page when it comes to really working to address the root cause of issues, including the root cause of acne. So I hope you find this conversation helpful and let's get into it. Thank you, Cheryl, so much for being here. I'm so excited to speak with you today and share more information about acne with my listeners. Yeah, I'm so excited too. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So I would love to hear a little bit about your background and what really sparked your interest in acne specifically. Sure. So I am a scientist and I've specialized in skincare and more specifically in acne. I'm also a skincare formulator, which gives me this really unique perspective because not only am I understanding of the most recent research within the field of acne and skincare, but I also understand skincare products. So if you were to choose food at a supermarket, you'd look at the ingredients label to understand what is in that food. And you might be looking for things like, are there refined vegetable oils or sweeteners? Where are certain ingredients positioned on the ingredients list? And that's what I understand how to do with skincare products. So I understand why all of the ingredients are in that product. If, for example, they are helpful for acne, if they might worsen acne and what the product is overall going to do for your skin. And it's a common misperception that actually that's what a dermatologist can do. Dermatologists are more trained in what medicinal or medications can be paired with a set of skin concerns. And they're not necessarily trained in skincare formulation. So understanding skincare products from that point of view. And I use what I'm able to do to help women with acne heal from acne in a more natural and holistic way. And I do that because of my own experience with my skin. So I actually ironically had really clear skin as a teenager. I never suffered with breakouts, but it was my final years at university when I first started to get persisting breakouts along my jawline on my forehead and at the time I wasn't really too concerned I thought they would just heal up of their own accord because I'd never had persisting breakouts before and I turned to the traditional products like anti-acne face washes and salicylic acid face pads and they seemed to help a little bit at least they dried the spots out so it healed much more quickly but I ended up just in the cycle of drying the spots out for my skin to become dehydrated, to get more breakouts. And that went on for a few years until 
I started getting what I now know as cystic acne and I was getting these huge mountains on my jawline, just really painful, inflamed, blind under the, under the skin spots that took forever to heal and more were coming up before the ones that I had had healed. And I just ended up in this horrible cycle of breakouts that really accumulated for me. I have this one really vivid memory. I was working at the time I had this hours commute home and it was winter I remember how cold it was and I just wanted to be home as quickly as possible because I felt horrible in my skin my skin was so oily I'd been trying to cover up my acne with makeup and towards the end of the day that just looks patchy and it draws attention to those breakouts I just remember feeling horrible and I wanted to wash my face just wanted to get home so I could wash my face. And I did that. I remember looking in the mirror and just having this heart sinking feeling of, is this gonna be my skin forever? And it was that moment I realized how much it was impacting my self-esteem and my confidence. And so I decided to get help and I went to see a pharmacist and I was so nervous about doing that. Also, it was really close to my place of work. So I didn't want anybody to overhear my conversation. And I built the guts up and I asked this pharmacist and I remember his words so clearly. He said, there's nothing that can be done. You're just gonna have to accept and live with it. And that was like a, it was like a plunging feeling from my heart. And I pushed him a bit further and he eventually went into his back room and came out with this bottle and said, this might help, but be careful, it can bleach your skin. And I was so embarrassed at that point that I just purchased the bottle. I never used it because I was so scared of bleaching my skin. But what I did decide in that moment was that acne is happening to me for a reason. I'm a scientist. I know it's happening to me for a reason I just have to understand what that reason is scientifically and look to change what's changed in my skin health and in my body health and so I delved into scientific literature and over the course of about a year I made educated changes to my skincare diet and lifestyle that cleared my skin of acne and that's what I do now is help women who were once where I was to hopefully never feel like I felt in that moment with the pharmacist to to clear their acne in a natural holistic way that is scientifically supported. Yeah I mean I'm looking at your skin now resume and it looks beautifully clear so you obviously figured it out. Um, Thank you. Do you remember what what was in the bottle the pharmacist originally tried to give you? Yeah so it was a bottle of panoxyl face wash which is a benzoyl peroxide face wash. Okay. And you didn't end up using it. You just kind of brought it home and thought about it. No, I was so scared because I didn't understand at the time what was in the product. And when this pharmacist told me it could bleach my skin, but didn't really give me any guidance as to how to use it to prevent that from happening. I just had so much fear and no understanding of what the product would do that I decided not to use it. Yeah, that's probably was the right decision. <laughs> yeah. um, as a skincare formulator, our companies hiring you as like a consultant for when they're trying to make new products or are you more so formulating specific products for your clients yeah so I actually I used to have my own skincare brand um which won 
some awards. So I've formulated for myself and I've also formulated for other companies and consulted on their formulations to help them understand how to, for example, make them more sensitive to skin um, or if they have a brief for a certain skincare product, for example, for acne, what active ingredients they might want to be putting into the formulation from yeah that point of view. Okay, and is your skincare company still in existence? So I actually, when I left corporate, I set up my own business in skincare and that was led with skincare products. But along the way, (laughs) along my journey, I had a lot of women coming to me asking for help that my skincare products couldn't give, but I found myself giving that help on a one-to-one basis. And that's more where my passion lies actually, is working with women on an individual basis, one-to-one basis, helping them to understand because skincare products can't do it all. And ultimately, you know, supplements can't do it all. It's, it's a puzzle that has to come together. Skincare, diet, supplements, lifestyle factors. You can't heal skin by just hyper-focusing on one of those. And many women, when, we have acne and it's so normal to do because our skin is an organ that we can see. We focus on treating it externally because it makes so much sense, right? You can see the symptoms, so treat it from the surface, but actually the majority of what's happening in that spot, what you can see is only the very tip of it. It's almost like an iceberg where you've got 10% floating above the water, but 90% below the water. And In that way, it's so important to be treating your acne from the inside out as well as the outside in. Yeah, I completely agree. I always try to, you know, speak with my clients and make them understand that when we have acne, it's a reflection of something deeper going on. And it's almost like our body's way of communicating with us, whether it's a hormone issue, a digestive issue, you know, maybe an inability to um, remove toxins from the body or stress related, like there's something else too. It's not just about the skin. Um, and I think that a lot of times people, you know, we spend so much money on these topical products, trying to put more and more and more, but we're really not addressing the root cause of the acne. So I love that you take more of like a whole body holistic approach because I'm definitely on the same page as you when it comes to that. Yeah. Um, so the birth control pill is often prescribed for acne and I work a lot with women with PCOS mm-hmm. and with PCOS in particular, it's being prescribed when these girls are teenagers And some of these women, you know, maybe they were put on the pill as a teen for their acne, not knowing they had PCOS. So the pill kind of covered it up for a while, or maybe Mm -hmm. they did know they had PCOS, but their doctor was just like, well, this is your solution to your acne. And especially as a teenager, you know, you're kind of like, I'll do whatever I need to like, give me the quick fix to have clear skin. Mm -hmm. So I'd love you to just kind of explain, you know, like why is the birth control pill prescribed so much for acne and what are your thoughts on it when it comes to taking it for acne? Yes. So the birth control pill is a common go-to if women are to visit their doctors for skin concerns. And it's definitely, in my opinion, overprescribed for acne. Acne is mostly an androgen mediated skin condition. So androgens are these hormones which tend to make our skin more oily testosterone for example is an androgen that has that impact on skin when we have acne there are three changes that are happening within our skin to cause what we're seeing as breakouts to happen so the first is 
that our skin is going into a state of what's called hyperkeratosis. So that's a state of skin thickening. And when our skin is thickening inside our pores, it causes our pores to become prone to clogging. Secondly, we have sebum that is being made in an excessive amount, but also that sebum is unbalanced. If you think about the oils you cook with, like olive oil and coconut oil, they look very different because they're a different mixture of fatty acids and oils. And our sebum is exactly the same. When our skin becomes acne prone, not only are we making more sebum because of the impact of androgens, but we're also making unbalanced sebum. And that unbalanced sebum is higher in stickier oils like a lyric acid and lower in thinner oils like linolenic acid. And then the third change that happens is that our skin's bacteria balance, which we call as scientists, the microbiome becomes upset. And it's a specific bacteria, which we call acne bacteria that starts to overgrow. And that overgrowth of bacteria inside our pores is what causes symptoms to occur and very inflamed symptoms to occur where you're getting more cystic type breakouts. Now, taking the pill for acne helps to reduce one of those three. If you take one of those three out of that equation, in general, symptoms of acne start to heal. So when you take the pill for acne, because it's starting, it's kind of hijacking your hormones almost, you can think of it in this way. The, the pill contains a potent form or potent forms of estrogen. Estrogen is a sebo-suppressive hormone, so it helps to turn down sebum production, but also the pill helps to turn down testosterone levels um, because of that. And so it's having the impact of reducing your skin's oil production. As that happens, actually unbalanced oil, because it irritates your skin, it causes hyperkeratosis to occur. So it has a knock-on effect of also helping to prevent the hyperkeratosis. But exactly like you say, I'm really not a fan of taking the pill for acne because it's covering up, it's a plaster, it's covering up those underlying triggers of acne. And most women find once they discontinue the pill, acne comes back worse than before because for those months or years that you've been on it, you've not realized what your triggers are. So it's really easy to keep hitting those triggers harder. And then when you come off of the pill, there can be you know, nutritional deficiencies that also cause, and it creates this perfect storm for breakouts to spiral from there. So I don't know if you can tell, but I'm not a fan. <laughs> yeah, I'm not either. I think that there's definitely this like false sense of security that's given to teens and women of, oh, the pill is going to fix it but it's really just, you know, covering it up and you really have to understand that the issue is still there, you know, and, and yes. getting worse. And usually whatever that issue is, it's causing the acne, it's causing other issues too. So it's not just about your skin, but it's about, you know, how is this issue impacting other aspects of your health and, you know, what could you be doing about it now to get ahead of it? Absolutely. I think that's so important more of the recent research I've been reading into the field of acne, the changes biologically and internally that are linked to causing acne are also being linked to causing conditions like PCOS, type 2 diabetes, cancer, and also conditions like dementia and Alzheimer's. So those don't tend to rear until decades later after you've been triggering something for so long that you ultimately then propagate symptoms, but it's really, and it is hard to make that connection, but it's important to listen to your body whenever it's doing something that isn't 
isn't isn't your normal balance. Now you mentioned the other piece of acne is the bacteria and mm. oftentimes antibiotics like clindamycin are prescribed. So could you just kind of talk about, you know, like why would that maybe not be the best option and why taking something like an antibiotic long-term, you know, what's like the maximum amount of time somebody should really be taking an antibiotic if their doctor or dermatologist is going to be prescribing it to them for acne? Yeah. So there's this really interesting new findings that are we've always associated acne bacteria with causing acne and there being this overgrowth of acne bacteria, but actually everybody has acne bacteria living on their skin. It's actually a bit of a misfortunate nickname for this bacteria because they don't always cause acne. So I and you both have acne. Anybody listening to this podcast right now has acne bacteria living on their skin. And that's really healthy that you do. It's healthy that they're in the right population levels and in the right population levels, they don't cause symptoms. It's actually a lack of diversity in your skin's microbiome that causes acne. So there's more acne bacteria and you're losing all the other kinds of bacteria. Acne bacteria actually help to keep your skin really healthy and happy in the right population levels. They, they help to hydrate your skin. They help to acidify your skin. They do this by consuming something called glycerol on the surface of your skin, and they ferment it into acids like lactic acid, propionic acid, acetic acid. And what these do is acidify your skin. Your skin naturally needs to be slightly acidic to be healthy and happy and to ultimately resist acne. And these bacteria helps do that. But when you take antibiotics for acne, what you're doing is wiping out good and bad bacteria at the same time. So you're not helping that lack of diversity, you're adding to it and your skin becomes quite barren of bacteria. Now, what studies are showing is that actually when antibiotics are used for acne, so say if you had uh, 500 acne bacteria living on your skin before you take antibiotics, you take a course of antibiotics, at the end of that, that population level might be reduced to 50. Now, studies are showing it only takes about eight weeks for that population level to get back to 500, so back to the level it was at before you took the antibiotics. But more importantly, the good skin bacteria don't recover as quickly. The study that I'm thinking of, it compared lactobacillus bacteria, which are really healthy for skin. They're actually an anti, they have anti-inflammatory benefits on your skin. And that's really important for acne because acne is an inflammatory skin condition. So anything that's anti-inflammatory is really helpful. Now they're not recovering as quickly as the acne bacteria. So actually when you stop and discontinue antibiotics, because you've not confronted your triggers, acne comes back, but actually it's coming back much more stringently and potentially more severe than you had when you started the antibiotics in the first place. So I'm, I'm not a fan of antibiotics. If, if people are to take them, they should only really be taking them for three to four months already at a maximum for acne. And it's common that people end up on antibiotics for acne for a lot longer than that. But ultimately, again, I'm not a fan because it's not identifying those trigger causes for why you're breaking out. And that is how you will heal your skin of acne long-term. Yeah, so it sounds like the take-home message for both kind of birth control and antibiotics is, yes, it's going to give you short-term relief, but it's not going to be a long-term solution for your acne. Exactly. And I understand why that's so tempting because I've experienced 
the emotions of having acne yourself and how it really impacts your day-to-day life and is constantly something that you're thinking about so I understand that wanting for a quick fix but anybody listening just to know if you identify your triggers it can take two to three months to see a huge clearing of active acne I've got some client photos on my Instagram which go to show this and actually if you get those triggers right spot on in the beginning within one two three months you're seeing a drastic difference mostly all active acne will be healed and then you're left with healing for example post-inflammatory erythema which are the red acne scars or post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation and the texture of skin so once you identify those triggers if you think about taking that three to four month course of antibiotics actually that's a similar time frame so it can happen and for most people if you've been struggling for years a couple of months is a drop in the ocean yeah absolutely I mean that time is going to pass regardless so it's kind of just putting in the hard work now knowing that you're going to benefit six to 12 months down the line you're not going to be in this cycle of you know being off and on medications to heal your skin exactly um I would love to kind of dive into like as a skincare formulator you know, you mentioned the ingredients that you look for either wanting to see as an ingredient or wanting to avoid. So I'd love for you to just touch on some common ones that, you know, things like benzoyl peroxide, maybe BHA, tretinoin, things that people are using often and maybe talk about what products are really the best people want to be looking for and what we should be avoiding. Yeah, that's a great question. There are lots and lots as you can imagine of actus that can be helpful for acne a few you touched on there um tretinoin so that's a cream version or a gel version of a medication for acne so accutan is often being prescribed for acne and that is isotretinoin so the cream version of this what is used in topical skincare products is called tretinoin And it can be very helpful for reducing symptoms of acne. What it does is essentially reduce oil production in the skin. And that has the knock-on impact of confronting the hyperkeratosis. And then the acne bacteria's perfect environment to overgrow is the very oily clogged pores. So if you're reducing that, what I refer to as making your skin a comfy couch for acne bacteria, you're getting rid of those comfy couches, acne bacteria levels go back to the normal percent that they should be in. So tretinoin can be very helpful for that, but it's definitely on the extreme end of the spectrum for a skincare product. There are tretinoin is, is, a comes under a class of skincare actives called retinoids and there are many different types of retinoids that have varying potencies and effects on skin and come with different side effect levels tretinoin is at the very top of that ruler so i would definitely recommend somebody tries a retinoid further down that ladder before tretinoin because it can come with more severe side effects in the in terms of it reduces sebum production so much that skin becomes extremely dry and it's going to be like unlike anything you'll have experienced in terms of dry skin before so people quite often have very dry peeling skin cracked lips they'll have sores at the side of the lips because the skin is physically cracking quite deeply and um, in this way people can end up with 
longer term challenges. I've definitely worked with clients in the past, more taking isotretinoin, which is orally, because not only does it reduce sebum production, but it can go as far as killing off some of your sebum making cells. And so long term, your skin will struggle to moisturize itself. And that leaves you with a different set of symptoms. If your skin's struggling to moisturize itself, that's your skin barrier health. And when your skin barrier health is reduced, that leads to symptoms of sensitivity redness irritation so you end up going from one set of skin concerns to another so my top tip don't start on tretinoin try a different retinoid further down the level one that i like retinal or retinaldehyde that's something to look for on a skincare ingredients list label um, and then on the other side of it there are also ingredients to avoid in skincare. So for example, there are some ingredients that are known to clog pores. And this matters if the ingredient is high up the ingredients list, because that means that it's having a big effect on the formulation. If you've got a ingredient that has potential to clog pores, but it's in a tiny amount, then that formula overall is not likely to be comedogenic. One which is common in moisturizers and in some cleansing products is called ethyl hexyl palmitate. And that rates, it's either a four out of five or a five out of five on the comedogenicity scale. So it's really high up. And when you have acne, you don't want to be using any skincare products that have a pore blocking ingredient in them. In the past, there's also been a trend I think it's still, it's still very much a thing, coconut oil and using coconut oil for acne. It's, it's rumored to help acne because an ingredient in coconut oil called lauric acid has some antibacterial benefits. So it helps to hypothetically reduce symptoms of, or the overgrowth of the acne bacteria in skin, which helps to reduce symptoms of acne. However, lauric acid is also comedogenic. So when you're using coconut oil, it has really high levels of lauric acid. And then you could be blocking your pores with coconut oil, which is actually just worsening the symptoms. And you're using something you think should be working and then it's just making the acne worse. So coconut oil is another one. If that's high up the ingredients list or if you've been using it to cleanse with, it's something that I wouldn't recommend because your skin at this time is acne prone. Yeah, it's really helpful. I know coconut oil is a pretty common one. And I'm pretty sure I used that maybe like 10 years ago. Mm. Um, and I, I didn't ever separate with acne too, too bad, but, um, yeah, for a while, coconut oil was kind of like, then I'll be all for any wellness thing. Right. It was like, cook yeah. with it, use it in your hair, use it on your skin. Use it everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I'm really glad you that one up. Yes. And natural oils there, they can be really helpful, but they is it's very much understanding all those oils have very different levels of fatty acids and ingredients within them. And it, it feels good to be going natural sometimes when you have acne, because you feel like it's very paired back, like natural is supportive of skin health, but just like women made skincare products, all natural made active ingredients, there's different ends of that spectrum. There are products that are going to worse than acne symptoms and there are products that could be helpful for healing acne symptoms olive oil for example olive oil is another natural oil that many people can use for cleansing there are many skincare products that are based around olive oil but actually published studies show us that application of olive oil to skin it reduces your skin barrier health and it increases what we call transepidermal water loss which really simply is 
a measure of how quickly your skin is losing hydration. So actually applying olive oil to your skin reduces your skin barrier, increases dehydration levels, reduces the health of your skin and causes redness, arrhythmia and issues down the line. So it's really important to recognize that natural skincare isn't necessarily the solution. It's about finding the right products for your skin and your skin concerns. This is a great demonstration of why not trusting everything you read online as accurate is important and working with a specialist who really knows mm -hmm. one, what they're talking about, but two, what you specifically need, um, you know, whether that's, you know, dietary trends you're following or skincare products you're using or whatever it is, especially with social media, there's so much information and like so many influencers saying, you know, this is working for me, or this is the best product. Um, and it can be as simple as something like olive oil or coconut oil, which is seemingly seems harmless, but, you know, obviously does have a negative impact on our skin. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like you say, the scrolling on Instagram and the tripping over all of these tips and they're presented so well that it gives you that belief in, oh, this could really work for me, especially when you're in that situation struggling with acne. I definitely felt quite desperate for a solution. And a lot of what I find found on Google just didn't work. And that would be another tip I would say actually to make sure that the advice you're following has some scientific backing. That was the big change for me. Once I switched to specializing in skincare and really understood the science and anything that I was coming to use. Like for example, back when that pharmacist gave me the bottle of Panoxyl face wash, if I knew what I knew at that time, I would have understood what he was giving me, why it was going to work for acne or potentially not, and what the risks of using it were. And that's something you can't argue with. It's not a, this worked for me, it might work for you. It's a, this has potential to work because it's helping to balance your sebum levels or helping to prevent hyperkeratosis or helping to make your skin a really comfy place for healthy bacteria. And ultimately that's something that you can rely on and trust. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about like ingredients to avoid. What are some ingredients that you do? Like, I know that's a very general thing to ask and everyone's skin is mm. going to be different. Maybe like your top two or three that tend to do well for people. Yes. So we talked about one of them, retinoids. Retinoids are very helpful because they help to reduce sebum levels, but they also have a normalizing effect on your skin's exfoliation rate, which helps to, we have exfoliating skincare products. Retinoids help to exfoliate, but they go in a different avenue in terms of it's normalizing that turnover of your skin cells, which is really helpful. Another active that I quite like for some people is a certain form of silver in skincare because it's shown to help purify the skin barrier in terms of it's not killing off the bacteria that are living on your skin. It's shown to protect your skin's natural microbiome, but it's helping to prevent infectious bacteria from overgrowing on your skin. That's really important because actually when you're getting very inflamed cystic breakouts, it's not just the acne bacteria that are play there anymore. Quite often there are other infections that have occurred. When you have acne, your skin barrier is reduced. And one of the main jobs of your skin barrier is to prevent penetration of potentially bad bacteria. 
from getting deeper into your skin. But when you have an acne lesion, that can happen very easily. So a lot of the inflammation and the redness is actually caused by secondary infections in that area too. So silver is a really good active uh, from that perspective. Yes, colloidal silver. Um, I also do like ingredients and actives which help to regulate sebum production. There are a lot of them and I can't say I actually have a favorite, but one that does spring to mind literally because I just posted on my Instagram about it, CBD, cannabidiol. There are studies to show that it helps to reduce sebum production, but more so has a sebum normalizing effect on skin. So it's not drying over drying skin. It's helping to regulate that sebum production. And it's also helping, for example, a study tested, and this is a Petri dish. It's not in real life on skin, but they had a culture of sebocytes in the dish. And then they tried to stimulate those sebocytes, which are sebum making glands with testosterone. And then they added CBD into the mix and CBD was shown to significantly reduce the effect of testosterone on stimulating the sebum gland, um, the sebocyte gland to make more oil essentially. So CBD just top of my head at the minute um, can be helpful for reducing oil production. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. I mean, one more positive from CBD, I feel like it's used so much with like sleep and anxiety. We think of it more of an internal thing. Um, but awesome to know that can help with acne as well. Mm. Um, so, you know, along with the topicals, you talked about how you really work with your clients to address like diet and lifestyle changes. If you had to give your top three tips for healing acne from the inside out, what would they be? Mm-hmm. Um, so from the inside out, my, one of my top tips would be first look at your diet there are lots of foods that trigger that imbalance of sebum to be created and it's not as simple as just avoiding one food it's very much about a diet which is supporting your skin to create the right kind of sebum at the right levels if you think of your diet, it's literally like fuel, like you're taking your car to the petrol station and pumping it full of something. If you've got a petrol engine and you put diesel in, things aren't happening as smoothly and your skin is the same. It takes from what you eat. So it's really important to eat a skin supporting acne diet. I do have a one page cheat sheet of yes, no, sometimes foods that is a really great starting point for an acne diet. Maybe we can link to that in the show notes for anybody listening. Yeah, great. Um, My second one from the inside out would be to adopt a wellbeing practice regularly, day to day, something like breathwork practices can be really helpful because yes, cortisol, stress hormones, corticotrophin releasing hormone, these will have an impact on your skin health and can stimulate sebum production, can overstimulate it so that you get that overproduction and imbalanced oil being created. The glands in our skin that make sebum, sebocytes, they have receptors for these stress hormones. And so 
The more stress hormones that bond with them, the more they get told to make more oil on your skin. So incorporating a well-being practice daily is really important and I know in our western way of living it can sometimes feel like oh that's the bottom priority on the list but part of healing from acne is prioritizing self-care too. No I love that I always say that stress management is the most underrated piece of PCOS management and you know Mm -hmm. it's part of PCOS but I always say you know just as important as what you eat and the supplements you take and the amount of sleep you're getting, stress management needs to be part of the conversation as well. So I love that that's your number two. Mm, absolutely. You can't out supplement a high level of stress. Mm-hmm. So I absolutely agree. And I would say from a skincare point of view, my third tip would be to stop washing your face so much. So I actually wrote for the Huffington Post on this and it's such a counterintuitive piece of skincare advice, especially when you have acne and your skin feels really oily. We just want to wash all of that oil off of our skin and dry it out so that it doesn't feel as bad in the moment. But washing our face, overwashing in my opinion is more than once a day. And when we wash our face, we interfere with the acidity of our skin, which we talked about earlier with the acne bacteria helping to make those acids that acidify our skin. Our skin should naturally be at a pH level somewhere between 4.2 to 5. Now, the ruler for pH goes from 0 to 14. 7 is neutral. Tap water is usually somewhere over 7. And if you live in a hard water area, it's over 8.5. So 8.5 to under 5, that's quite a difference. And the studies show us that as soon as you wash your skin, that pH level increases and becomes more alkaline. Your skin can naturally reacidify itself, but that depends on how healthy your skin is in that moment. If it's unhealthy, then it takes it a lot longer to reacidify itself. The more times you wash your skin, and then if you add in an alkaline cleanser into that, some cleansers can be very alkaline, especially natural soaps. They can have a pH level of up to nine to 12. And So you start to increase the pH level of your skin, which actually makes your skin a comfier couch for acne bacteria and a less comfortable environment for good skin bacteria. So avoiding overwashing your face and removing that step from your morning skincare routine, because if your bedding is clean, there's really no need to be washing your skin again in the morning. Now, how do you feel? I've heard mixed things. In general, I've been told to stay away from foaming cleansers with acne. And I personally use something called sea buckthorn oil and do like oil cleansing, where basically Mm -hmm. I'm just massaging the oil into my skin and then wiping off the excess with a warm, wet washcloth. What are your thoughts on foaming cleansers versus oil cleansers? Like, Mm -hmm. is there one better than the other, or is it really just dependent on the product itself? In general, I'm not a fan of foaming cleansers. They do tend to include what are called surfactants, which are the cleansing ingredients in a foaming cleanser that are harsher to skin. For example, sodium lauryl sulfate SLS is one most people have heard of, and it's quite aggressive to skin. So the job of a cleansing ingredient, a surfactant is this almost magic molecule that can dissolve in both oil and water, which is why it can cleanse skin. Not many ingredients can do that. They either dissolve in water or they dissolve in oil. And if you've ever seen made a homemade olive oil balsamic dressing, you'll know that because the olive oil floats on top and you have to really vigorously shake it for it to 
mixed together temporarily. So this is what surfactants do. They actually, part of the surfactant molecule, which you can think of like a tadpole, dissolves in the oil and part of it dissolves in the water, which enables it to wash away oiliness and water-based impurities from your skin. But products like SLS are quite aggressive. And so they can take away your skin's natural oils as well as the impurities on your skin. And also those molecules can end up inserted in between your skin cells and therefore it disrupts the nice neat packing of your skin cells and therefore is disrupting your skin barrier, which is troublesome for your skin health. So I'm not a fan of foaming cleansers in general. Nowadays, there are some which are formulated to be gentler and gentle to skin. So that advice doesn't wipe out all foaming cleansers, but if you were to take one piece of advice away, I wouldn't recommend foaming cleansers. I would recommend more of a gel, cream, uh, gel to milk type cleanser product, which is gonna be gentler to skin. Oil cleansing, I do like it from a scientific point of view. However, when you are experiencing acne, it can be more troublesome because oils are feeding the bacteria that are living in your pores. So it's very important that you're using the right oils and it's just easier from an initial starting point to use a product which is lower in oils. Okay. Is there, and it's okay if you don't have an answer for this, is there a database that can point people towards better skincare products in general? Like for example, I don't know if you're familiar with the app Healthy Living, it's from the Environmental Working Group in the US and the app does have some skincare on it, but basically the app allows you to scan personal care products and like cleaning household products and it will give you a safety and efficacy rating on one to 10. So if my clients are trying to make their homes less toxic, I'll have them use that app to kind of help them pick products. Is there anything like that that you know of that's like really skincare focused for people? There isn't anything at the top of my head, which would, if you were trying to find a skincare product, but the one website that comes to my mind that is very helpful to scan a skincare product. So if you found something and you're thinking, is this going to have potential to worsen my acne? Does it include any of those pore blocking ingredients, comedogenic ingredients? There is a website called CosDNA and you can literally copy and paste in the ingredients list and it will give you a rating for against acne. And essentially that rating out of five is the comedogenicity rating. It's not a fail safe because not every active ingredient has been tested for comedogenicity, but it's a nice way to quickly scan a product to say, does it contain actives that will block my pores or not? Okay, awesome. Yeah, I'll link that in the show notes as well. That's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I could talk to you literally all day about this, um, but what is one wellness trend or habit that you've been loving lately, acne related or not? Yeah. Hmm. Um, do you know, I'm, it's funny. I'm not really a person who follows trends. I don't know if this is still trendy or not, but for me, yoga and breath work have been a uh, part of my well-being practice for quite a few years now. I really enjoy just short breathwork practices like alternate nostril breathing, Ujjayi breathing, and doing that as a regular part of my day, you know, five, 10 minutes here and there to make sure I'm practicing what I preach. 
Yeah, I love that. And yeah. can, like grieving can be something that we like forget that we should like sometimes take time to intentionally do. That's something yeah. I've been trying to work into my mornings as well. And it's something easy to say, well, it's not going to take that long. So I'm just going to push it off and like, I'll get to it. And then a few days go by and you think, oh, I've never, I haven't sat down to do this. So really setting aside the time to do that can be difficult, but so beneficial for so many aspects of our health, including skin health. So I love that. Yeah. Um, so I'd love it to just share with people like where they can find you if they want to learn more um, and how they can work with you if you are working with clients one-on-one. Absolutely. My website is honestyforyourskin.co.uk and you can find out more information about how to work with me on there. If you click the link in the menu bar, that's called Skin Help and you'll find an option for acne from there. I have a online program called Acne Warrior and then I work with people one-to-one and you can also find me on Instagram at honestyforskin. Amazing. Well, I will definitely link your website, your Instagram, all of that in the show notes, but thank you so much for being here. I definitely want to have you back on to talk more acne tips. I feel like, like I said, I could talk to you all day about this, but I know this will give my listeners some ideas on maybe things to avoid and place things to get started with. Um, so thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. Thank you. It's been such a great chat. I've really enjoyed it. All right, that wraps up today's episode. I feel like I could have talked to Cheryl all day about acne. She has so much great information to share. So definitely go give her a follow on Instagram. As always, if you have any questions on anything we spoke about today, shoot me a DM at Dr. Danielle period ND, and I will see you next Tuesday.